This past week, a nationally recognized research center uh, issued a study they completed this past spring where the researchers analyzed over 50,000 sermons and homilies here in the United States given at Christian churches in the months of April and May. People need more to do, I guess. But the studies analyzed the sermons or homilies at Protestant churches, Lutherans, Baptists, Methodists, Evangelicals, but also included um, several Catholic uh, studies as well. So it was kind of all-encompassing across Christian denominations. There was two main findings. The first finding was the length of sermons at different denominations. I'm going to share a few with you. The average length of a Protestant sermon, 25 minutes. The average length of a Catholic sermon or homily, 14 minutes. The average length of my sermons, <laughs> under seven minutes. I always knew I was a bit below average. And this is proof of that. It's funny, as the Pope said, keep our homilies under 10 minutes. So all these guys, these Catholic priests preaching longer than 10, aren't listening to the Pope. I don't know what that's all about. But the second finding was they did a word study and found the most frequently used words in Catholic homilies. Here are the top five words used in Catholic homilies. Number one. 98% of Catholic homilies use the word either God or Jesus. That's good. 98%. The four other commonly used words, Eucharist, Paschal, Parishioner, and Diocese. So Jesus, Eucharist, Paschal, Parishioner, and Diocese. I'm a bit shocked that Pizza Hut didn't make the list. I thought for sure Pizza Hut would make the list, but it didn't. Everyone, this fourth Sunday of Advent, the readings offer us a very clear focus that Jesus is Emmanuel. The Old Testament prophecy that the Messiah would be named Emmanuel, which means God is with us, is fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. But let's not forget what that means. Emmanuel means God is with us. And the central claim of the Christian faith we celebrate here in a few days at Christmas, that God became man, that God became one of us, he is not some distant, pie-in-the-sky, lofty God who can't be accessed. That God became man. I know that's simple. I know that might be putting things a bit too basically. But here's why that's so essential. If we don't get this right, we get nothing right. If we miss this, we miss everything. Let me put it a bit differently. The reason that God became man is also this simple. 
that he wants to be close to us. That God's greatest desire for us is to be close to us. Nothing more than that. It's not to mandate, it's not to dictate, it's not to control, it's not to rule. His reason for becoming man is because in his infinite mercy and love for you and for me, he wants to be close to us. And if that's the basic foundation for how we approach this week, then we get it all right. But he doesn't just want to be close to us, everyone, in some general, generic sense. He wants to be close to us where we need him the most. He wants to be close to us where we feel like he doesn't want to be close to us. So this week, amid all the festivities and celebrations and family time and everything we do, let's not forget the basic, basic, basic message of the gospel, that God became man, and his name is Jesus, and he wants to be close to us where we need him the most.